Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows, like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelin' Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is a show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, this week's guest is going to be, I think, a real fun guest. Um, we have, uh, uh, when, when they messaged me about being on the show, I uh, took a look at what, they, uh, what, what he did, and the first thing I, of course, noticed was, oh, this guy does what the Green Arrow does. Uh, he's a, and of course I closed the tab out, but he is a designs, custom ninja warrior, uh, you know, gym stuff, something that me, I've never seen, have never done in real life because, well, I am way not in shape to do it. Uh, he designs custom, uh, things for the gym that he will tell us, I'm sure, uh, officially what that is. Uh, he's also, uh, in our conversations, found out he is a big old geek as well. Please welcome to the show from, uh, oh God, I closed the tab. I think I got it right. Custom Design yes. Crafts. Uh, Brian, I'm not going to even pronounce your last name. You told me and, and, I, and I know I'm going to get it wrong, but Brian. Uh, yes, my last name is pronounced Troshi. Um, I am from Custom Design Crafts and what I do is basically build custom style ninja warrior equipment for crossfit gyms and obstacle course race uh people um i've been doing this for well the better part of the last year and a half um and it's been a trip to say the least it's um it's funny because the first thing i saw uh when i and I do very little research, as I think you and I have discussed, and as my <laughs> listeners know, I somehow that's something that I think most interviewers do not tout uh, and are not proud of. However, I I take it and I own it. Um, but I did want to check out uh, the site just because, uh, like, my experience with the the term ninja warrior is either like just the commercials for American Ninja Warrior or whatever that show is. Uh, and like different classes in like RPGs from Final Fantasy to Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. So clearly, like I, my mind, like I, I've gone to a gym, but I've never done anything that's like considered beyond the treadmill, basically. Um, but like uh, when I went to the, to your site. I noticed the, uh, the, the, uh, salmon ladders and I was like, Oh my God, I think that's pretty sure that's what the green arrow does on arrow. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, I went down like a little rabbit hole of your site, like to, to just to, to check that out. Uh, because that's, you know, obviously like one of the, uh, do you watch arrow? I have watched every season that there is. 
Okay. It started out awesome, but it kind of tanked <laughs> in the last few seasons. Okay, well let's let's before we get into the real interview, let's let's talk a little bit about the Berlantiverse because I we love the Berlantiverse here on Everything Is Awesome. Do you watch more than just Arrow? Do you watch the whole Berlanti uh, guys? I have, I have definitely. Me and my wife have watched uh, Flash religiously, and that is possibly the best superhero show on regular TV aside from Netflix. Yeah. Okay. You know, I haven't gotten into um, Iron Fist yet. We still have that on our radar, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually, even though I, I will agree that most of the Netflix stuff, I haven't gotten into Iron Fist yet either, which I think is a sign because um, it's not has nothing to do with the reviews that I've read or anything online, um, which is really not. I mean, most when I say read, read reviews like before it released, there was all the, the rumors that, oh, these critics watched the first six episodes and they don't like it. It's the first yeah. Marvel flop. Yeah. And, um, and I, I was listening to the Kevin Smith podcast because yeah. I listened to him for all of my good movie reviews. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, getting into something good. And, you know, they just shot the hell out of it. And, you know, I still want to watch it because all the other stuff has been awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and watch it, but it is the first uh, Marvel Netflix program that I haven't uh, gone to and and watched straight away. Uh, most of the I think every other one I watched within like the first seven days of it dropping, uh, and I don't I don't know what it is. It's just it's just you know, it's a character that I guess that like. Not that I I was super interested in the other characters. I don't know. There's just something about this that maybe it was. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention uh, to all the marketing for this one, but um, yeah, it's something I'll go to and watch. But I will agree that like Flash, hands down, is I think the best thing on network television. I think Supergirl is a very close second. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't know, do you watch Supergirl and Legends as well? Um, not so much Legends, but um, my wife and I have definitely watched Supergirl, and you know. There's a few geek out moments like when they had Dean Kane as the as the yeah. dad, you know, and he's from Lewis and Clark and you know, that was my Superman for a while. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's I would still say he's my Superman. Like he like Dean Kane as Superman, I think Tom Welling, I think, did a pretty good job, um for being for what for that what what that show was, uh, Smallville. Right. Um uh, but like I'm not I, I wasn't really on board with Brandon Ralph. Uh, as as Superman, uh, I don't think he did a bad job. I just think it was like a not a great script. Right. And um, same thing, kind of with uh, uh, Henry Cavill. Like I just, uh, I don't think it's him that's the issue necessarily. I think it's just the material he has to work with. Right. Uh, so like Dean Kane, I, I would say maybe Tim Daly, the who voiced the animated Superman for so long yep. he might be like him and and um and dean kane are probably like the two that i would like quote unquote call my superman yeah but uh yeah i mean if you love the flash i think supergirl like supergirl has a very similar formula to the show uh it has like the same tone whereas arrow is a lot darker mm-hmm. um legends you know is it's kind of own thing um it's it's hard to call what that that is What'd you say? I said um, Legends is a bit is a bit too hooky for me. I mean, you got all these like B level characters that are just <laughs> doing whatever. Uh, I still enjoy it. I still like it just. 
I'm a huge fan of that of the universe building, and I think it's one of the things that makes me dislike the. And I say just like I haven't really watched much in the DC movie universe, but the thing that I don't really like about the DC movie universe is they haven't embraced the TV side of it as being part of the greater story, um, uh, like Marvel has, and, and and they don't like Marvel does it, but like in such a nondescript way, like they're so they're still pretty low key about it, right? Like even in um, what was it? Um, what was that one? Um. Uh, the one with uh, Luke Cage, where like yeah. you know they have, oh we've got a bunch of Hammerman uh, technology in the background. Yeah. Oh, we got you know bootleg copies of the incident and stuff. Yeah. Like, that stuff is awesome. Yeah, it, it, that and like usually the the movies will influence the TV shows for Marvel more than than the other way around, uh, which makes sense because, you know, it's hard for a TV show that is you know several for networks like agents of shield um and and even netflix which is technically one day <laughs> that it releases uh but like it's hard for that that takes place over this you know the length of a couple months to influence a movie that has probably started filming a year before the season aired right so it makes sense that the that, that the show is influenced by the movies more so than the other way around but at least it's still like loosely all connected uh, and that's like, and I think just like the TV, the DC TV stuff is just crushing it so well. Um, I, like I enjoy legends. It's, I would say it's definitely like if I have to rank the Berlanti verse, it's number four on my list for sure. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think for a while, I think arrow was up there. I, I honestly, until flash came along, I think that area, that arrow where Arrow succeeded in the beginning of being so serious and so dark, mm-hmm. it kind of almost turned into into its downfall. But but when they tried in season four to, to kind of go a different direction, it didn't work at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, season five, which we're in now, I think has, I think it's, it's, Better. It's better than season four, than last season. I think it's a return to what Arrow should be. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, yeah, for for a while there, it seemed like you know it was kind of like the same story over and over. You know, there mm-hmm. is just you know kind of a whiny crybaby and <laughs> fights criminals. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, it, you know, it's I don't know. I I enjoy it all. It's hard to it's hard to hate any of that because it's just I think it's like even the worst of Arrow I think is still better than having no uh, Arrow on television. Absolutely. Uh, and and this is something that we've discussed on. I don't know if it was on our um, our special that we did for the invasion. Uh, uh, crossovers, or if it was on another podcast, I was uh, I, I guessed it on. But we were talking about the Berlanti verse and how genius it is, in the sense that like I think Arrow. I mean, obviously Arrow Arrow's coming back for season six. Um, they they and I think they're bringing in a fifth show. I think um, what is it, Black Lightning or something? Uh, is is yeah is coming to the CW shows. 
Um, so like they're just they just keep adding to this Berlantiverse, and like in ten years, let's say in theory, Arrow could be canceled, but Stephen Amell still could be appearing on an episode or two a year of another Berlantiverse show as the Green Arrow, and yeah. it would be no big deal. Yeah, because we don't really need to keep going back and rehashing, you know, yeah. adventures of Oliver Queen. And- yeah, and. And I think that's whereas, you know, as much as I want more and more and more, like if if you're getting to a point where like it's getting a little stale and whatnot and, and it's go out on top, like plan an epic final season and Stephen Amell just, you know, from seeing him, you know, interact on Twitter and, and just with his fans and whatnot out in public. He seems like the type of dude that like really enjoys the gig and really enjoys doing what he's doing. Absolutely. I think he'd be more than willing to come back for little arcs here and there. Uh, f- you know, in a f- in a future where Arrow is no longer part of the Berlantiverse, but there is still this CW DC television universe. Right. I want to send that dude one of my salmon letters. <laughs> yeah, so that's um so so what does um like your i guess where did that come from the, the the wanting to get into custom designing uh this like uh crossfit ninja warrior gym stuff <clears throat> well basically it you know it started a few years ago um i was uh you know my my kids were really small and stuff and we had seen a few episodes of um american ninja warrior on tv and, you know, my kids were like, oh, man, that's so awesome. And I was sitting, you know, 240 pounds with, you know, a back injury. And <clears throat> I started thinking to myself, you know, I want to get in, into some more shape. So I, you know, am taking to my, my kids to the park and I'm running around with them and stuff. And I'm just feeling like complete hot mess, you know, all the time because I'm so overweight. Yeah. So basically, I decided to, you know, make a change and do something about that. And I started going to the gym and while I was, you know, doing that, I, you know, I, I was previously in the military, so I'm a a veteran also. And, you know, I know how to lift and, you know, what to do and what I should be researching and because I do all my own research. And when I was going to the gym, I was realizing that, you know, my, you know, in order to properly, um, like lift some of the weights and exercise my different muscle groups, you know, I needed to do a certain weight, but my grip strength wasn't really there trying to pick up a 50 pound dumbbell to, you know, do some stuff. I couldn't hold it for like more than, you know, 30 seconds at a time. So basically what I did then is I started doing some research on how to increase my grip strength. And I found out that there really wasn't anything aside from attaching a small weight to a rope and a stick and, you know, rolling it up and down and, you know, doing some other silly exercises. And, you know, I came up with my very first invention, which was called a Tanasi. Um, basically what that is, is just a device used to increase your grip strength. And, you know, it kind of spiraled completely up and out of control from there. Um, I started, you know, using this device and I, you know, had a whole bunch of people telling me, oh, you should, you know, put a patent on it and sell it. So I said, hey, why not? So <clears throat> that's where it all started. I started trying to pedal that around to different gyms and seeing if, you know, there's even a market for it. And, well, there is. 
there's a whole community of fitness people who are into just grip strength and it kind of started from there and as I kind of grew in my abilities and you know dropping my weight I started you know thinking you know obstacles are more fun and I want to do more than just go to some you know um globo gym and I started you know looking at CrossFit and around that time I started getting you know into watching like Arrow and I was like man I wish I could do that and you know I see that people build their own stuff uh, on Facebook all the time and I started thinking well you know I could do that too so then I was able to design my very first salmon ladder and that took a few months to do and once I got it right you know I put it up on my website and it all went from there and go, go ahead so uh, yeah so when you design like let's say the, the the salmon ladder and you said you know it took you a couple months to get there like does that involve you like all right let me do here's prototype a let me do let me do the salmon ladder like like Stephen Amell does every week on arrow uh and then just kind of like it like how how do you know that it doesn't work like you fall a lot or (laughs) um i have fallen a lot and you know once you fall it's about how you get back up yeah um but uh i'm an engineer by day so i have access to a gang of cnc equipment and machines and design software so whenever i get like a crazy idea in my head i just put it to paper and you know i go and i make it and if it works you know then it works if it doesn't then i try again um there was a design process i had to like basically like get in touch with the ninja community because there's a huge community of ninja warrior people out there Mm -hmm. and i've met with a lot of them and i'm friends with some of them um just recently um a buddy of mine who owns a company who builds gigantic ninja warrior obstacles courses um he let me come with him to the arnold sports festival in columbus and we were in the main room of that event which is one of the largest fitness events in the country and we had the only Ninja Warrior obstacle course, and I had helped him um, build some of that stuff that he had out there, so he let me come down. And I got in contact with the Ninja community and had gotten some of them to come out and run the course for us. So that was, uh, that was a pretty big moment for my company. That's that's pretty cool, and I think what's even cooler is, is the term Ninja community because <laughs> it's it's like totally two different definitions of uh, and i guess that's kind of a a recent thing of you know this whole new definition because i mean american ninja warrior has been around i don't know I, you, you can tell me how long it's been around because i don't watch it so it's been around for how long years yeah so it's you know let's say 10 years ago you know, I would say ninja community would, you would clearly just think about like <laughs> people in hoods sneaking around. Yeah, yep. exactly. Um, but it is, I did end up a, a couple of weeks ago watching like, like maybe about 20 minutes of uh, like a rerun episode. Uh, and it is, and I, I've actually watched like, you know, uh, either like YouTube videos of, not necessarily like of American Ninja Warrior, but I think of I guess 
like ninja warrior gyms where they have the obstacle courses and whatnot. Yep. And it there's a lot of up around. Yeah, and it looks so fascinating. Uh, certainly, something that I, if I was younger, I would maybe even attempt. But you know, it, it is. It doesn't really matter because um, I know a guy who just recently opened up a ninja gym here in Indianapolis, um, and he's not a young chicken. He's like somewhere between like forty, fifty range and okay there's a lot of guys who are 40 plus and they're doing crossfit they're doing obstacle course races and they're doing all this stuff and you know it's it's not too late to start (laughs) the idea of of i think it's from like my so i i used you know used to be really into wrestling like wwe style wrestling uh to the point where i used to i used to do it started off in the backyard uh we were actually just discussing this uh the other day uh a buddy of mine with uh someone at, like with a, a mutual uh, acquaintance and they and we you know we're rehashing how we started on a tarp in the backyard so literally like suplexing each other onto the hard ground, the hard, cold <laughs> ground. So like, I think from years of that, then eventually going into the ring and eventually getting properly trained and then like eventually breaking my ankle that had nothing to do with wrestling, broke it in another, another fashion. Like, I think the, just the idea of, of doing anything like watching that, uh, uh, you know, the Ninja obstacle horses is like, my God, my body hurts just watching this. I can't imagine <laughs> doing it. Um, and that's, I mean, that's also like the motivation honestly, isn't there? Like I, I would love to get in shape, but not, I don't need to get in shape enough to do all that. Cra- it, it looks a lot of fun. Um, it is. You, you just need to be in that mindset, I think. Right. Yeah. And you know, I go to, you know, a CrossFit gym to do all my stuff and, you know, I try my best to stay with it, but I got, you know, a regular nine to five plus my side business plus I'm a dad and stuff and it's it's not easy. Yeah, yeah, that's it's when you're juggling so many different things, you know, it's hard to to keep on, you know, you know, keep everything up and going at one time. Um, so your equipment, how uh, it is, from what I gathered. It looks like it's not standalone, right? Like this isn't like for someone who wants to open up a Ninja Warrior gym or whatever to to have just f- fresh equipment. It's something for like to adapt an existing a- piece of equipment, correct? Right. That that was the first idea, and that's how I kind of ran with it the first like maybe nine months, <laughs> and then I got hooked up with a place that actually makes the um the hardware, the big racks and all that other stuff. So now I can offer all of that stuff all into one big package. Oh, neat. So, so, so now if up a ninja gym or something, they can cool. contact me and, you know, be like, Hey, listen, I need all this equipment and stuff. And I will be able to hook them up with basically everything that they need. And, uh, just recently I've been in talks with a bunch of different, uh, OCR companies, obstacle course companies, that uh, like put on the big outdoor events, um, like the Spartan race, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the Spartan race, I'm um, they sponsor my website, and I'm okay, pretty, I'm sure you've seen the ads on there, but um, 
yeah, so I'm definitely getting more into doing that type of scenario as opposed to just going into you know any old CrossFit gym and be like, hey, you guys want to be ninjas? Because that yeah, that doesn't always work that well. <laughs> yeah, well, because I guess, and again, this is someone who whose gym experience consists of like Planet Fitness. Uh, and LA fitness and stuff like that. But I would imagine like going into a, a CrossFit gym, you know, not necessarily uh, as like a customer, my mind isn't necessarily going to, I also am going to do Ninja Warrior stuff. They seem like two completely different um, things, right? Um, On the outside it does, but um, the definition of CrossFit is that it's always changing. Oh, okay. But one of the downfalls is that people get hung up on the same old movements like you know but from from a business standpoint it makes sense because you know you don't want to have to keep buying new equipment every year because you know you've got to pay your bills yeah but yeah so i mean there's a lot that you can do with a barbell and a pull-up bar and you know a couple of kettlebells and that's that's what they do and there are a lot of gyms out there who are seeking for new stuff to do and that and that's where I come in to help, you know, facilitate that need. Well, and it's cuz it it seems like, you know, in the last I'll say like 5 years or so, uh at least I, you know, I'm in the suburbs of Philly, it seems like more and more gyms are are popping up. Mm. Like when I first joined a gym, I don't know, we'll say probably about 12 years ago, maybe maybe 15 years ago. It was my choices where I th- I think I think like LA Fitness and and Bailey's or something like that. Right, just something. Uh, yeah, two big names. They they were that that was all that was there. Now, <coughs> excuse me, in the last 5 years I mean, and I guess maybe, yeah, we'll say probably actually almost eight years ago, Planet Fitness kind of started popping up. Mm-hmm. And in the last three to five years, it's been like, uh, I think there's like Crush and then there's uh, Retro Fitness and then there's uh, like 24-7 Workout. There's, I think, literally about six new gyms just, you know, not gyms but like brands like there's tons of new gyms in my area because there's all these new brands as well but like six new companies in the last three to five years so so i would imagine that puts a lot of pressure on each other to differentiate differentiate themselves right and it does and that's also a good thing for me yeah so where do you um like what's like the next big thing that that you're working on to like you know like the next big jump you know or or let's start from like you started off as you know customizing existing stuff to well, actually it goes it goes a bit further back than that oh boy okay yeah when i very first started like getting into being a machinist and engineer um in my spare time i would make custom chess sets and that's where the the horse symbol comes from because okay. I sat down and I had designed that and that was kind of like my signature thing I made um like cool little designer chess boards and stuff just just because I could and I had the yeah. time and you know 
as machines are going and I get bored at work, you know, I'm just making stuff. So it, that's where that's where it all started. And, you know, after a while and getting more into fitness, it kind of morphed into that. And then instead of just coming up with new designs for a simple game, it became coming up with inventions and then obstacles and more and more fitness stuff. Like it goes from just simply designing obstacles that attach to existing equipment to getting hooked up with an equipment manufacturer and then um, like adding that brand to my own and bringing that along with me and then getting more sponsors for my website and bringing all that along with me and then going to fitness events and competitions and talking with gym owners and more and more people as I go along and now it's starting to morph into the obstacle course community where these people are putting on these big races where there's thousands of people and you know I'm helping them with their obstacle needs mm -hmm. so it's it's gone all the way in a short amount of time so so when did you when did you start doing the the fitness how long what's what's a short amount of time Oh, when was it? Uh, I think this is my third year designing the stuff. That first year was um, trying to get the Tanasi right and then, like, basically um, laying the foundations for my website, designing all that stuff together. I use Squarespace, and that is, like, an invaluable tool because if I get a new picture, I can put it up, or if I want to tweak how I worded. Uh, a description or add a YouTube video or add a complete new product line. I mean, it just, I'm always constantly on there and checking how many people have seen it. And just recently it's like been hitting thousands of people a day and it's, it's come a long way. Now, is there like, um, I, is there a market for you to, like hit like home gym people um there has um their last summer is when i was really like hitting the ground running with the salmon ladder thing and uh there's a lot of people who have like backyard ninja courses and okay the thing about having a backyard ninja course is that when it rains all your stuff is made out of wood so the last thing you want to happen is a piece of wood that you screwed on to be a rung for your salmon ladder breaks when you go to do uh, the exercise and then you fall because yeah. falling sucks and especially when you are outside you know you can hit the ground and not everybody has um, crash pads and yeah. the very first time I fell I didn't have a crash pad and it sucked so yeah. uh, one uh, of the things that come to me for is the fact that it's basically just pre-built you just have to put it on to um, some 4x4 four four studs that are in the ground, and everybody likes it. Out of everything I've seen from, like, uh, the Ninja Warrior stuff, and I don't even, like, I've never even equated what Arrow does as Ninja Warrior when he's doing it, the, the Salmon Ladder. That's the only thing I would ever want to try, and I, I recently watched a video of um, 
Stephen Amell, and this was actually probably from a couple of years ago right. video, but Stephen Amell doing, uh, showing like some guy on set how to do it. And uh, he makes it look so easy, and and the d- other dude goes to do it, and it falls right to the ground. Because <laughs> uh, it's, it, it, I mean, obviously, there's, you know, one part, like, actually being able to do it, like, having the fitness to do it. But it, it's it's got to be more than that. Like, what what does it take to do the Salmon Ladder besides being just, like, God's gift? Honestly, 80% of it is mental, because I've taking my stuff to my equipment to you know crossfit gyms all over indianapolis and stuff and you're standing there and you're looking at it and it looks like an impossible task but the mechanics behind it is just a simple a simple kipping pull up and once you reach the top of it you you know thrust your arms forward to reach the next rung and you know it sounds simple but when I mean it takes a lot of like core and you have to use your legs and you have to use your arms and it's a lot of coordination like you have to coordinate a lot of parts of your body at once and it makes it a very dynamic exercise and that's why a lot of CrossFit gyms like to buy my equipment because of the type of exercise that it is but then again at the same time not everyone is physically able to be able to do that type of movement because it requires a little bit of fitness prowess if you will yeah and, yeah uh, so. that that is one way i mean i i think the only benefit i would have to that is that i know how to take a fall for my days of wrestling so <laughs> when i when i would fall because it would happen uh, I would know, like, I could tuck my chin and just take up as much surface area as possible and be good to go. Hey there, super friends. It's Kev. I'm just going to interrupt this show for a minute or two so I can do some housekeeping. If you want to help support this show, you can do it in several different ways. One of those ways, I'll read your name on air right here. Not not just your name, but your whole review uh, by leaving a five-star review uh, or any review, really. I'll read all of them, but hopefully... You're kind enough to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to our iTunes page, subscribe to the page. That way you don't miss an episode. And, of course, leave that five-star text review. iTunes math does a lot of good things that make more people listen to the show, and that means more cool things happen to Everything is Awesome. Another way that you can support is word-of-mouth recommendations. Just tell friends to listen to Everything is Awesome. Put it on when you're carpooling together on your way to work or on your way to Comic-Con or whatever. And the final way, this one may cost you a little bit of money, uh, but that's okay. If you go to patreon.com slash that entertains, the other, uh, the other ways you help support us are just as good, free for nothing, help us. But this one, if you pledge some money to us, we'll give you some more stuff in return. You know, we, and by we, I mean Jason Ashley from Too Cool for Tabletop and I, we like to have, say, $12 a year, bro. $1 a month uh, is really nothing to you. You skip anything for one day and that's more than a dollar uh, and that helps make uh, our dreams come true really if i'm going to be honest that's entertainment uh which is what funds this podcast is running a patreon patreon.com slash that entertains and i mean really honestly if we could hit 25 dollars a month 
of support, that would be wonderful. It means bills are covered for us and that's really all I want at the end of the day. And everything else is just icing on the cake, it means we get to do more upgrades, it means we get to create more content, and a lot of the stuff that we want to do is at least early access for you guys that pledge to us on patreon.com slash that entertains, or we'll even do some exclusive content. We're working on some things um, now that we're thinking of for exclusive content that we'll do randomly throughout the year and whatnot. So again, if you want to help support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash that entertains. Not just supporting this podcast, but you're supporting That's Entertainment, which means that even more content besides this podcast will come at you. We're talking skits, sketches, web series, movies, a whole ton of content that we have that we want to do that will eventually get done anyway, but with your help, we can get it done sooner. If you don't want to spend any cash, I completely get it. I understand it. iTunes reviews help us tremendously, as well as word of mouth recommendations. Finally, you can also go to um, the contact page on awesomepodcast.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We're going to start sending out weekly reminders of the things that we've posted throughout the week as well as spotlights on the guests that we've had on our podcasts Um, and we're also going to be sending out reminders or notifications about new things that we're working on events that we're going to be doing and whatnot so uh, just another place to get some more detailed information we're going to try to make it unique enough for you so that it's worth us invading your inbox this has been more than a minute or two Let's get back to the conversation. Let's go off topic a little bit. Uh, what is it that, because you sound like you're a busy guy, uh, what is it that you do to, to relax, to take your mind off all the, all, you know, all your engineering and ninjing? Um, a lot of times it's just watching TV shows at nighttime with my wife and falling asleep. But um, I used to be big into video games. I was obsessed with Destiny for the longest time. And, um, you know, whenever we're out and about, my son and I like to play Pokemon Go, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's funny, because uh, that is, some, like, it was such a uh, huge, like, fad last year, uh, or even six months ago. And I guess it's still kind of popular, I, I don't really know. Um, my son is, he, he turned five in January, so he's a little over yep. five. My son is also five. And, and he, like, if he's thinking of it, he enjoys it, and, like... And of course, like I, I think the last time we played it, we we used all the pokeballs. So like every time he asked to play, it's like, uh, well, there's no pokeballs, and the closest Poke stop is like forever and a day away. So no, when I uh, go from work, he's like, Daddy, did you catch anything new today? And I'm like, <laughs> Well, son, I didn't even really get a chance to play, and we've caught most of the ones that are around here. So no. Yeah, it, and it, it's um. I remember when it when it first dropped, and I think it was before I started playing. Because uh, you know, I was even though like you know I, I'm 32 going on 33, so like Pokemon was kind of like in my wheelhouse when I was a kid. I you know I played Red and Blue and, and all that stuff, and um, and I remember driving one night specifically. I was driving uh, to go get dinner, and for whatever reason, I decided to take like a different way home. And I go past this church and I see like a couple kids and teenagers sit like out front of the corner on their phones. I'm like, and it's dark out. I'm like, that's pretty weird. And then like, I turn down this street that I normally don't have to turn down to again. I was just like, for whatever reason, taking a different way. And I look and the church parking lot is full of cars and teenagers. <laughs> and, 
And I was like, and I think, you know what? I think I had the app downloaded because I was going to start playing it. Because I opened up the app and I was like, let me see if this, what's going on is what I think is going on. And it was, the church was the, uh, a poker gym. And I was right. like, oh my God, people are like insane. This is how you get people to go to church? You just have a poker gym here? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how they do it. <laughs> I mean, Starbucks, I, there's a thing where uh, Starbucks now has, like, every Starbucks in the world is either a Pokestop or a gym and you know just people go there more now I don't know how much money they paid Niantic for that but I was a fan of Niantic uh, in the previous game which was called Ingress and they had always teased that they were going to make a Pokemon version and that you know they finally did it and I was on board for that so what's what's Ingress? What what is that like similar to Pokemon Go? It's basically the same thing except for um well not really. Well, kind of, but instead of like having Pokemon, you would have like these uh little spots that you would go to and every spot you would have to either attack or defend it or build it up. And it was basically like um I would describe it as like a mix between Risk and Chess. Okay. For the whole world, and basically what you do is you take over these spots like you do in Pokemon, and but then you would have to link up the spots to other spots and create like triangles, and then your team would get points, and it was just. It's an it's an interesting concept, like that style of game, because it's like, uh, and not just I mean like more so Pokemon Go now as well, because it's you know got the the name brand recognition as well. Mm-hmm. But it's you know it's it's in theory a way to get people moving, um, and you know make the you know make people not sit around and play video games, right? Uh, kind of like what Nintendo did with the Wii, um, except you know on a much larger scale, I guess. Right. Um, but like for me, like and I don't mind like I like Pokemon Go. It's it's neat. It's fun. Um, I, you know, I, I enjoy playing it when, whenever my son and I get the chance to play it, which is, again, is like, I think him and I have only played it three times, um, uh, together. Cause it's, he's like, he comes from a world where like, like he plays video games, but not that often. And I guess that's a, that's a great thing. Like, you know, let him, he, he's more of an outdoor kid and uh, he'll, you know, so like his video game is like experiences are console, like not really handheld. Right. <clears throat> so like, and I and I get it because handheld gaming really isn't a thing anymore because it's all done on your phone. And and I think the concept for him is like when he plays a game on the phone, it's all little like just you know touch movements here and there, and you don't have to really walk around or do anything. Um, but. The games like that that I've like, so I used to be huge into like Final Fantasy and and uh, and yep, basically so that that's day. Final Fantasy X on the PS2. Man, that was <coughs> see I and I'm a I'm a Final Fantasy VI or or three as it was known in America on Super Nintendo. And, you know I I mean I I've gone back. I mean I go back. I should say like the first one of the first video games I've played. Well, probably it was probably Final Fantasy. It was probably, I think, an Atari game of some sort was the first game I played, followed by Mario and Duck Hunt, and then Final Fantasy was probably, you know, in the top five games. 
for yeah. regular Nintendo. When, when I when I was a little kid, um, my dad had an old Atari 2600, so I was Pac-Man, Missile Command, and okay. all that type of stuff first. And then I got a Sega Genesis. I never had a Nintendo uh, or a Super Nintendo, but I had every Sega system until Nintendo 64. It's 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 funny because like now it's it's the real like big wars are Xbox and Sony really, uh, but back in the day it was Nintendo and Sega because like I like me and my friends we were all Nintendo heads like every now and then like I think my one friend like he got a Sega and it was like what or a Sega Genesis probably whatever their Super Nintendo version was and. Um, and it was like a big deal because like everyone else was a Nintendo and like now this kid's got a Sega. Uh, but yeah, I, I was, you know, a, a, I was always a Nintendo fan and the only reason I ever jumped ship to PlayStation one from uh, Nintendo, which I guess was like what in the Nintendo 64 era of of when PlayStation 1 came out. Yeah, that was Nintendo 64. I had a Nintendo 64. I never I didn't have a PlayStation 1. I got on PlayStation and PlayStation 2 when that came out. Uh the reason I got a PlayStation and I eventually got a Nintendo 64 as well, but the reason I the only reason I got a PlayStation was because it was the first time that SquareSoft was producing a Final Fantasy game not for Nintendo and it was Final Fantasy 7, which to this day I have yet to complete. <laughs> but um yeah you know i was and final fantasy 6 slash 3 as it's known in the states on super nintendo that is my you know my final fantasy that's like that's i think the best story it's the most compelling game to play it has an actual satisfying ending uh which final fantasy is not known for right uh but yeah, the, them and like you know, fo- you know, Madden games and 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 that's kind of what I grew up on and like side scrolls or whatnot. And now like I find myself when I have time to sit down and play, like I have a ton of like I have Skyrim from when it first came out. I still have yet to play because I just don't have time. <laughs> uh, but I do play like I'm a huge fan of the Telltale games, uh, specifically like the Walking Dead ones are pretty good. <laughs> They're the ones that are, uh, you know, it's all like, it's, it's very story driven. You know, it's, you can quote unquote die, but you come back and it's like, almost like choose your own adventure. Uh, and like those, I mean, a, they're just done so well. And B each episode is maybe two hours long. So like it's a two hour commitment. Technically, I guess 10, if you're playing the whole game at once versus, uh, I think, my buddy told me the last Final Fantasy he played, which was like, which was Final Fantasy thirteen or fifteen or something, yeah. was a ninety-hour commitment. Oh jeez, <coughs> I, I got Destiny on PS4 because a buddy of mine had told me about it and how it's like a RPG slash first-person shooter slash like magic in space and aliens and robots, and I was like, that's awesome, and then. Uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time on that one, and you know, my wife went to go buy me some new games, and I still stuck with Destiny because I only had enough time to play one game. Like I had uh, whatever that Dragon Ball Z game came out for PS4, 
and that was sitting there forever. And then uh, I had Call of Duty just sitting there forever, and I just only had time for one video game. So <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's like I, I love the problems of like first world that we that we all share. It's like man, I don't have enough time to play more than one video game like i what do i choose do i choose this 4k video game console or do i choose this other 4k video game console meanwhile you know people have real problems out there exactly <laughs> but that's you know, just the world we're from right <laughs> uh my, my kids definitely are they like video games too and um i made the mistake of getting them into minecraft and they like to just build random stuff all the time so yeah. i'll tell you what that's something that i have tried on numerous accounts to get to get into like I remember years ago when i think it was strictly on the pc still and i don't even know if it was like and this is me not knowing minecraft i don't know i think maybe it was online like i don't even know if you downloaded it to your computer but i've like played it like in a few different incarnations and i just can't get into it i'm like what is the point of me what am i doing like i've had my nephew show me how to play and he's like look at this isn't this cool isn't this awesome look here's a wolf that i'm beating up look i'm digging a big hole i'm like i guess this is cool like i don't my my kids um like all their friends or whatever like getting into minecraft and stuff and so my wife and i bought it and then we sat down and started playing it and then like you know Four hours later, it's two o'clock in the morning, and it's like, "Is your ca- is the castle finished yet, honey?" And then, <laughs> no, I still got another level to build. And meanwhile, I'm building like a railroad system that goes around the entire planet, and figuring out how to, like, basically blow up half of the thing with dynamite and just doing all sorts of cool stuff. Well, I guess as an engineer, like that's actually got to be a pretty fascinating game because yeah, it's basically like virtual Legos. And yeah, my kids yeah. Legos. I loved Legos as a child, and you know they have too many now. And oh my god, <laughs> it is nuts how many Legos like are out there, and more so, more importantly, like how expensive they are now. God damn it, they always seem to get me with that. Like anything that <laughs> comes out, they have a Lego set for it. Lego Batman, Lego Minecraft. Yeah. Lego Minecraft is such bullshit. Sorry, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, of course. This is the yeah. internet. So, Lego Minecraft is such bullshit because they're basically selling you the standard Lego blocks. No special pieces, the characters look weird, and you just, you pay $40 because your kid wants Lego Minecraft. (laughs) It's like, hang on a second, I would rather have spent the $40 on Lego Batman because that movie just came out, but he doesn't want Batman with Clayface, which would look, look really cool to have. But yeah. he wants the Lego Minecraft, which if we bought the standard Lego pieces, we can build half the stuff that is already on there and just. <laughs> but they want the specific things. I mean, we went to the Lego. Um, uh, they have a brick a brick world here in Indianapolis. Okay. And uh, we went to that, and we picked up a few characters for pretty cheap, so I didn't have to go out and buy the hundred dollar set. You know. Well, I'm, I remember recently, like, within the last year or two, looking at the Millennium Falcon, and it being, like, over $100, and I was like, wait a second. First of all, the Millennium Falcon has been around for years. Yes. Like, they definitely had this, like, 
I'll say when I was an adult, so up to you know 10, 15 years ago, and it was definitely only forty dollars then. The fact that in like half my lifespan, this is more than doubled in price is insane. And not not only that, but I'm like a huge Star Wars nerd, and I would if I had you know three hundred or so dollars laying around for no reason that I wouldn't miss. I would probably have bought a Star Destroyer Lego set and put it <laughs> together with my kids or even the Death Star and done that. But, I mean, it, it, you're right. It is outrageous how much they charge and just work it over. So, so uh, what do you think of the, the last uh, two Star Wars films we've just uh, we had? Seven <laughs> and uh, Rogue episode, One. Episode seven was complete garbage. Kylo Ren. Oh, Kylo Ren, I hated so much, and just, I mean, it's basically the epitome of, like, privilege, and he's a whiny little kid, and, you know, I think... Well, he's the Skywalker. <laughs> At the end of the day, he's got Skywalker blood in him. They shouldn't have started a new thing with, okay, well, we're gonna have, you know, Death Star number three that, you know, <laughs> the energy of a star... I mean, they could have done that with, like, a Skyforge or, like, uh, the World Devastators. I mean, they could have easily made a trilogy from the Thrawn trilogy and just did that and been okay with it. I mean, there's so much source material out there from the Expanded Universe. I mean, you could have just picked one of them. You could have been like, hey, we're going to pick this one and we're going to make it and people will pay us money for it. Now, when they dropped... um, the last Star Wars movie, Rogue One, I mean, yeah. I, I went in there expecting to see another Episode 7, you know, I love Star Wars so they can have my money any time of day, and I was completely blown away. I mean, that everyone dies in the end is awesome. Yeah. They, I, I can't believe that they brought Tarkin back to life. And yeah. then in the end, when Darth Vader was just wrecking, just completely, just wrecking those uh, rebel soldiers. Yeah, I mean that I've always wanted to see that in cinema. Yeah, 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 totally. Just always. Yeah, I, I um, Rogue, I'll start with Rogue One. I agree. I loved how Rogue One ended. I thought Rogue One was, um just it was great it was <clears throat> and I, I think i went in uh not with low expectations because i i enjoyed episode seven um but i'm not like an expanded universe guy like i i know of it i've read some stuff in it but you know I, my, my level of star wars fandom is pretty much just the cinematic stuff right. um <clears throat> and uh but with Rogue One, I, I think I think I went in saying, I, I'm excited to see this. It's going to be interesting to see how they turn that, that crawl into a two-hour movie. Let's see what they do here. Right. And I agree. I, I love the bleak ending. I think it was, you know, it was very Empire in that way. Like, it reminded me of Empire Strikes Back, the way it ended. And, and the fact that we have, like, you know, it, it's like a war movie. It, yeah, it yeah. The Star Wars. It's a war. These guys are yeah. fighting. People are getting shot. Stormtroopers don't miss. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. awesome. 
And uh, it's the first movie. Like, I've always liked the droids. Like, oh, yes, 3PO and R2-D2 and BB-8. Like, they're all... Yeah, they're droids. They're, all, they, they're, they're cool because they're droids, but they're just little, like, side characters. This is the first movie that made me care for a droid. Like, right. I, I'm a, I think uh, K2 is my favorite character from that movie. Yep. And, and, like, it's incredibly heartbreaking to see him him die for the cause. Like, it, it, I think he had, like I said, I think he was like, for me, the hands down, the best character, favorite character. And like one of the, one of the hardest, like quote unquote deaths to take from that film. That's right. But he took it like a champ. Yeah. And yeah. The other character that I liked a lot was Donnie Yen's character. Um, because I'm a huge fan of, you know, martial art movies and stuff. And seeing him like talking about the force in the trailer, I was waiting for him to brandish a double-sided green lightsaber and start messing people up, but that didn't. I, happen. But that was fine. I, that didn't happen. Yeah, I'm in. I'm impressed that it was like very low on the Jedi stuff, and it was still very good. Like it was still, it felt like a Star Wars movie, and and it was you know I you know I think the where I rank it is like it's a top five, like it's a it's a top five movie. Yeah. Uh, in that universe and force awakens, but you know, I see the <clears throat> force awakens when, when I, I didn't know how much I loved star Wars until that trailer came out that first trailer. Uh, and specifically is that first trailer, the only, uh, thing that they showed of, of the old school star Wars was the millennium Falcon, <coughs> uh, flying, through the air and it's and suddenly it's like new 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 cuts to black cuts the classic john williams score and you see the the falcon flying through the air and i got literal goosebumps when that happened in the trailer and i was like oh my god i'm like a star wars fan like i love star wars um obviously not as much as like you know, I'm not a diehard fan. Like, you know, you, you sound like you're a diehard fan that like just, loves the, ex, the expanded universe and yep. stuff. I've been into star Wars since I was a little kid watching it on VHS. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I'm again, I'm there with you, except I never got into the, I mean like a little bit into the expanded stuff. And I'll tell you what, um, one of the last things we'll touch on here, uh, is, the, the things that I've come to love about Star Wars now, like, aside from the cinematic universe, is, like, the like the role-playing games that they have for it. Now, I haven't played one myself, but I listened to this awesome podcast called Campaign. Uh, and essentially what it is, is it's Rogue, it's Rogue One, but, like, ten years earlier. Uh, and it's, it's these group of Chicago improvers who play this Star Wars Edge of the Empire role-playing game. And they're telling the story of this group of misfits that stole the plans to the the murder ball, as they call it, which is the Death Star. Um, it's it's a, such a funny like it's literally a podcast I listen to and cry laughing at almost every single episode. Uh, high, if as a Star Wars fan, you should definitely check out Campaign. I will definitely check that out because I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm uh, doing my normal nine to five and. I'm always looking for interesting stuff. Like I've listened to Joe Rogan religiously and Joey Diaz and always giggling to myself thinking I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, ha- if you're, um, 
I see. I don't even think you have to like be a like a D and D fan to enjoy a campaign, because it's it's, you know, it it does have like the gameplay mechanics and whatnot, but for the most part, it's just like it's a fun story that they're telling, and they're like, I mean, they're eighty some episodes into it, so you so you can like binge it while you're at work and and catch up. <clears throat> I, I I think you'll enjoy it. You should definitely check it out. Um, all right, Brian, before I let you go, I'm going to have you officially give out your plugs so that, uh, people know where to find you. People know where to buy some awesome ninja equipment, like the salmon ladder. Right. Um, well, my website is, uh, www.customdesigncrafts.com. Um, I can be found at custom design crafts on Instagram and Facebook. And my Twitter handle is everyday ninjas. Um, I'm doing, a. I got a blog on my website for, you know, fitness related topics and I have all sorts of cool sponsors on there. And if, uh, if you click on any of the links and like sign up for a Spartan race or whatever, um, it helps me out. Um, I also have links to, uh, Amazon and other type of cool stuff. So any, any help is, is much appreciated because I got some really cool projects that I, I'm working on. Well, there you go, and, and and my audience knows that uh, you know supporting the little guy helps, and and Amazon links are a great way to do it because like it costs you no more money. It, you know you pay the same amount, and Amazon kicks Brian some money back. So uh, there, that's the great thing about those affiliate links. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, thank you for doing the show. Hey man, thanks for having me. All right, uh, you know uh, for everything is awesome. I'm Kev. Uh, I think I normally have a longer spiel for the end of the show, but I just, uh, my vo- my throat hurts. I have no idea what I'm doing right now. So uh, you can, oh, yes, right. My plugs. How silly of me. You can find this show on Twitter at Real Awesome Pod. You can find me on Twitter at That Nerdy Kev. Uh, and you can find us on all the different podcatchers. If you want to support this show, uh, you can do it in a few different ways. Tell a friend, word of mouth recommendations help us tremendously five star uh itunes reviews you know those stars add up to some sort of weird itunes math and it makes us more featured on their page or something i don't know how it works it's itunes magic but do it five star reviews no sweat off your back if you want to support us with a little bit of money go to patreon.com slash that entertains we have a lot of cool things that we're trying to do here with our with our everything is awesome brand and our that's entertainment brand and um with your support we can do it uh for everything is awesome i'm kev we'll see you next time right here on awesomepodcast.com we've been awesome thank you for listening to the court and parts podcast network to listen to more court and parts shows visit courtemparts.com